0: Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast, Instagram at the Barons Heider underscore podcast, to stab the Aaron's accounts, Twitter at double AA row three, and Instagram at double AA row. Find the podcasts on your favorite apps and Patreon enjoy the slaying, and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear up the unsuspecting guests, in which deliver the dark secrets and methods of the genre. In his bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is Within
1: the barriers.
0: So, welcome to the Barons Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And uh, today, we have another episode of... What oh, does it want to play? Within the Barons? Step in for a cut. <laughs> uh, within the Barons segment. Sometimes it doesn't like to come out right away. So, I'm glad that it came out perfect right there. And um, today, joining us, we have Jill Gavargozian. Hopefully, I said your last name right. I am awful with pronouncing things. And um, she is a director, uh, producer, and co-writer of The Stylist. Uh, This is not her first film as a director. Uh, She has also um, directed a short called Call Girl that was in 2014, along with others in her film company, Six Tape Productions. Um, And Jill has been blowing up everywhere since the drop of The Stylist on Shudder. Um, and uh the movie uh, I read I guess has won 17 awards in the uh, festival circuit too, which is awesome. Um and if you haven't seen the stylist, then I'm gonna say you must be living underneath a rock. Uh because um this uh movie is uh is amazing. And um Jill, how you been?
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um I've been it's been awesome. Like you said, ever since the film hit Shudder, it's been like a whole new life for the film because we first were released a whole year ago with arrow video our physical release and on demand and on their streaming channel which yep. is also awesome everyone should check it out um and so yeah to then fi- get released also on shutter i was in fact when i found out i like geeked out and i reached out to arrow and i was like Confirming that it was true because I saw it on a press release. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Wait, is this happening?" I'm so freaking excited! Um, and actually, the stylus started as a short film, and the short film—not to take away from what you said—but the short film is what won. We won uh, like 20 awards with the short. Wow! Okay. And it was—it was always our my hope to turn it into a full length version. It's—it's it's actually on the Blu-ray. Um, and it's on YouTube, on Alters YouTube, you can find it and to watch. It's like a 15 minute trailer for the future, essentially. But um, yeah, and the, the feature did win some awards, but it's, it's been so exciting to finally. It's been years working on this film between the short and the feature to finally be able to do the full version was has been a dream come true. And the reaction to it is really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a really good film. Um, it's one of my favorite of this year, even though I guess it's technically you, everything says different. It's either two thousand twenty yeah. or twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. I consider it a twenty twenty one film just because yeah. um, that's what it's kind of said everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's great that you are really starting to you know rise above and uh, get all the attention that you really do you know, deserve because. Uh, I went on your, um, the six day production website and just seeing all the things that you have going on over there and what has came out and, um, it's great. So, um, I kind of wanted to go back to the beginning and, um, ask you like, what started your love of horror and and filmmaking?
1: Um, man, I guess as young as I can remember, I always loved to do before I discovered like scary movies, I loved anything that was scary or that you know, playing exploring the woods, doing anything that was scary when I was a kid. So I discovered like scary stories, like scary stories to tell in the dark. Yep. And um then movies, you know, probably way too young, like 10, 9, 10 years old, started watching stuff that I I definitely wasn't allowed to, but <laughs> it was more scary at the time, and I loved it. Um and just became obsessed with horror movies once i discovered them especially kind of really started to dive in i feel like after Scream came out i was always i was already a big fan i remember seeing it i was the prime age for that film i was probably like 12 um and it was almost like an education and all these because you know it it calls back on so many films yeah that it kind of taught me i remember actually finding a website online this is when the internet was in its early days and it was just someone's blog of like all the references within scream to old films and i was young and didn't know most of those movies i was like this is my bible i'm gonna use this list and watch all these movies (laughs) and that's kind of what started i feel like that but um and we would make funny stuff when i was a kid with my dad's like giant vhs camcorder (laughs) like remake movies that we loved but we'd be like doing it to just like watch it back and laugh you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but filmmaking wasn't something i seriously thought i could do till i was like almost 30 and i met some other filmmakers and saw their films and that's when i realized that like regular people made movies yeah i think i only thought you had to be like you know like a millionaire or like connected who made smaller films and so that really just opened my mind and i was like suddenly just tried to make one <laughs> call girl was the first thing i ever made and i became addicted at that point
0: yeah and um it definitely shows that you have a love for all this because everything in this film is is beautiful the cinematography is beautiful um the writing is really really good um everybody who acted in it is is amazing and um i love contracted too to uh, to see um uh oh my god i'm so awful with names i'm um, najera right is how you say her name it's um, Najara Najara yeah Najara yeah so um she was really really good and contracted and I've seen the first one and the second one so to see her um you know doing more lead roles is amazing because I think she's brilliant and everything I she agree does in here so much <laughs> yeah and and Bria Bri is really good I too I have a
1: painting of her behind me <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I saw um um
1: uh,
0: I think the latest film I saw uh, that Bria was in was Lucky, which is also on Shudder, which I think is also a really brilliant film. So bringing those two together, I think really crafted how, how this film really, you know, kind of goes on. Um, and uh, another thing is I wanted to ask, um, was hairstyling something that you always wanted to do? Cause I know that you also do that as well as i um, making films.
1: Yeah. yeah um, it's it's something I started like, you know, kind of playing with in high school, coloring my hair all the time, my friend's hair, I fashion and, and stuff connected to that. And I remember being at a hair salon, getting my hair colored back brown because my mom wanted me to look normal for a, a photo shoot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> being there that had like hot pink hair and tattoos and I was like oh I could do this professionally and look however I wanted um and I already like doing it so it's just like it I remember that what wo- that woman I saw that day really stuck in my head like you don't have to look normal whatever that means it changes stuff it has changed a lot since then Is but um it was just something I always loved I it's the, I like the creative side of it and I also like the connect like I get to connect connect with a lot of people pretty yeah. personally like I, most of my clients have been doing their hair for 15 years we're like family oh, wow. at this point and it's really great um but that all honestly was one day sitting in the salon I was like how is there not already a hairstylist serial killer boob and, <laughs> and so I was like I guess I need to make that it's really how it started <laughs> I was like, I have the salon access. I know everything about being a hairstylist. So I was like, I'm going to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that, that actually kind of answers the next question I wanted to ask. But I wanted like... to say...
1: Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, I think it was on a delay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, about Brie and Najara. To, work to put, bring them together was like a dream come true and very intimidating for me. As I feel, there's so much more experience than me. That is kind of been my theme in my filmmaking career, surrounding myself. Um, but Najara, like you said, with Contracted, that's how I just I first met her. I was at a screening of Contracted. She was there. I got to meet her, and you know, so impressed with her performance in that film. She she is the whole film, just like she is pretty much this. Kid that kind of thing you have to carry the whole movie yeah and really seeing that made me realize I was like she can do this I I believe that she could do this role based on that and and her enthusiasm in the character <laughs> and she put a lot into it like journaled as her like practiced hairstyling for six months at home like with a mannequin head like she took oh, it wow. very seriously <laughs> awesome and Bria I met on another project that we ne- have yet got to make um that I was brought on to direct we were trying to put it together and she was going to star in it and so once I started to finally put the stylist together like seriously like we're going to shoot it I was like I finally reached out to her I could as I always could picture her in that opposite role I felt like she really embodied a lot of the character in real life and it was a dream to work with them I still can't believe it and and Bria even she wrote Lucky I have to brag about how talented she is like she's a writer and director as well she wrote and directed 12 hour shift that came out last year and she has a new film that just came out last week called Torn Hearts she directed and I just watched that last night it's fucking awesome people should watch it <laughs>
0: i definitely have to check that out
1: it's a horror movie
0: I'll definitely check that out um, and uh, there was another thing that I wanted to ask too uh, that I think that would be kind of um, important uh, to everybody else is knowing um how did your company um six tape uh, productions um kind of begin
1: well it's really just it's like me as a producer um and you know giving it a name and kind of a brand um i the name is funny i was jill six has been like just a nickname for a long time <laughs> and. I knew as a director i didn't want to go by that only i wanted to use my real last name and um this writer named abby stutzer wrote an article with an interview about me when i first made my first short film and they named the title like six tape and i was like that's so <laughs> fucking cool i all i love like also playing on sexual and stuff like that and uh um was just like, Ooh, I love how like provocative that sounds. <laughs> and, um, straight up asked Abby, I'm like, I want to steal this as the name of my company, my production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> That's how it badass. all started. Um, sorry, I've got a hair in my face. Um, <laughs> and a crazy thing. So I really just wanted to give a name to like, more than just like, as a director, like, cause I am, I really do like to produce and like the. It's weird because it's a very stressful thing to do, but I feel like I'm good at organizing and like, here's what we need to figure out. Let's do it. Like, let's go f- figure out like, who do we talk to to get this thing and that thing. Um, so I do enjoy producing even outside of, on other directors projects. So I really wanted to have something like to start a company. And in Missouri, we're lucky that starting like an LLC is not incredibly hard or very expensive. And I learned from a, an entertainment lawyer early on that, um, you know, it's it's smart to separate your stuff for your tax, tax wise. And so that it's all, you know, like each film is its own thing, kind of underneath your production company it can each be its own business. And I just learned a lot about, about the business side and how to organize it early, luckily from a, a lawyer named Dust, um, Dustin. And it was, I was very lucky to learn that stuff because it's helped as I've gone along, but I'm still trying to figure that out. But, um, a crazy thing I have to brag about the six tape thing. Cause I've six has been my favorite number since I was a kid. Once I learned it was like an evil thing <laughs> that just made me more excited about it. And then my birthday is February 6th. I really don't understand why I decided when I was little, it was my favorite number. I may, maybe that's why, but all this to say, like I then I discovered Nikki Six as a teenager. The, yeah. the obsession with the number just keeps growing, and crazy thing happened because of all of this. Nikki Six's and Motley Crue's manager found saw the film, saw the name Six Tape, found me, and has contacted me and was like, "I loved your movie," and then I saw the Six name and I had to ask about it. That's awesome. And he's like, sent me a movie or a, a book, Nikki Sixx's latest book signed to like, he signed it to me. And so I'm just like, this is what happens when you steal your idol's name. You get, who knows what could happen 20 yeah. years later. Um, it's just crazy. Wild. At first I was like, this can't really be this person. But then I, they sent me his book and some stuff. And, but yeah, it's just, I learned that business-wise it's smart and I wanted, I also understand the branding thing and marketing and wanted to keep six in my life somehow without being like only known as Jill Six.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you're definitely um, making it known now and, and I I want to really go and watch all those things that you have on there, like all the movies that you've been working on. And um, I guess another thing that people kind of talk about with this film that you probably heard so many times is it being compared to maniac um you know especially with um a lot of like the the fan art that i've been seeing everywhere or people are people trying to do like that also with like the scalping and everything so uh, my question is was that an inspiration for this as well or is it this kind of a coincidence that it, it kind of um you know happened to kind of have like that vibe of maniac it's
1: kind of a mix because it Initially it wasn't inspired by Maniac. It's um weirdly growing up, I didn't see Maniac. I didn't see the main maniac and the remake till the remake came out, and then I watched both of them. Um but initially the idea was really largely inspired by like a leatherface idea mixed with like it's a lot of inspiration from Lucky McKee's film May, which a lot of people bring that one up. That one gets called out, obviously. Yeah. Um but honestly, when I sat there and I was like, when the first idea came to me, like a hairstylist who kills people and it was like the, these simple ideas, like, what does she do? What's, I was like trying to think of like, what's her motivation? What's the whole thing? And it just started with it. I really, I thought like she, well, she obviously takes their scalps. Like I'm a huge Leatherface fan. So I just thought of it more like that. Like, oh, this is like her, how she would take someone's skin and wear it and try to become them. Like how, when he, he's always in a mask and acting as that character you know he kind of changes characters when he changes masks through the film I think and I just pictured it like a similarity like that like and it just it just seemed like that was like the the, it just made sense she's a hairstylist she's going to take people's hair (laughs) and I envisioned her in that room with her scalps from previous victims and that she wore them that we ended up coming to life in the film it's like my favorite locate like set um but she so yeah, I was pictured it like that. But then once we started to develop it, I was like, well, obviously, this is like Maniac. He's the only yeah. other killer that scalps people. And then there's a lot of combination similarities in that maniac is it, like May, Texas Chainsaw is not this way, but it's you know, it's from his perspective. The whole film it's his story, it's not the victim's story. Like most slashers are about yeah. the victims. And so like you get to know him, and I think like it's as dark as this sounds, like, even even Maniac is sympathetic to me because you see his you see his trauma, you see him you see his depth. He's not just an evil thing that wants to kill, like an empty vessel that wants to yeah. murder people.
0: It's kind of, you know, and, um being edged by the family to do these certain things. So yeah. I, I can I can empathize with uh with Leatherface a little yeah. bit too on that and on I, that spectrum.
1: I feel like those characters are very similar too. Like I feel like Leatherface, Maniac, May, a lot of other characters have a very similar psychological makeup or they're like similar reasons for why they ended up where they are. And um that's being a very broad about, about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: of course, but um yeah, I did see them once it once we started to develop the film, we definitely turned to Maniac for lots of inspiration. And then you can't deny, like, I always knew I we'd put sca- her the scalps on heads and like, <laughs> kind of his room is similar to hers, but his is a little more messy, I think. Um yeah. the original Maniac. Um, but yeah, I, I love when you get to see like a killer like that, like alone and sad and that there's more to this than just like, I don't know. I like the depth in these characters and how that challenges us as a viewer and how we feel about them. It's not as simple as just being like bad, good. You know, it's not that easy. Exactly. Like in, that, in real life, it's not that simple.
0: No. Um. And knowing that this is on Shutter too is um. So did you have to go through any processes processes to get this on Shutter, or did um, it just kind of appear there? Because um, we were talking. Uh we interviewed uh another movie and they're very local to us is um Death Drop Gorgeous. The guys who directed that are very, very local to us and they, they just like sent an email to Shutter and then eventually got their movie on there. So I was wondering if it was like kind of the same process with you or if it was, I don't know, just easier than um that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um well with us, our our distribution is with Arrow Video still technically. they um like they make all our deals f- for the time that they own our our rights like within the us uk canada um they've been incredible to work with like our physical copy we got to like be a part of all the production of like all the special features the booklet how the art would look everything yeah this it's, um, a,
0: it's a great great um you know sleeve and everything everything on hand you can like turn the the cover around so you have two different co- covers which is really yeah. cool i i like it a lot
1: they, um, you know, for, they have a, like I said, they have their own streaming channel that's in its earlier days. It's like just now, I think a year and a half old called arrow player, but they, I know they wanted you know us to be there kind of exclusively the first year, but I always knew their goal would be to put the film on more streaming channels. Mm-hmm. Cause that benefits all of us. We all share the revenue that comes from all those things. Um, and so I just didn't know when and where we would go first or where we would try to go first. So, for all I know, we'll eventually end up even on some bigger streamers, and that would be a hope. Like a- after Shudder for a while, maybe somewhere like Netflix, where even a bigger audience—that'd be is. crazy. <laughs> um, but I, it's it's interesting. It's like because yeah, they they own the rights to all our distribution and, and screenings for ten years. So any festival, they're they're incredible to work with. Like I said, like if a festival or just a one-off theater reaches out to show the film all I do is can connect them with someone at Arrow. And I'm like, I would love for the movie to show here. Let's figure out how to do this. And it like always happens. Um, but it is interesting because with short films, I'm used to, I'm just like the one in charge. I make all the decisions. There's no one. Nothing happens where I'm like finding out like, Oh, the movie's going to be there. Cause I would be the one to have done it. So it is, it's a diff. It has been a, to learn like, to let like, like that, I don't have that control is a new thing, but it's, It's been like the dream experience. I mean, I know distribution can be like a horrific experience for (laughs) independent filmmakers. A lot of companies don't listen to your input or especially with art and all that kind of stuff. And I feel very spoiled by working with Arrow, honestly. That's a good thing, though,
0: especially for how big this is turning in, um, you know, turning into for you. And and I do want to see other things um, coming from your mind, because I think you you're brilliant <laughs> writing is is brilliant <laughs> and it's such a fun movie um it's beautiful like it's so colorful and um i was just talking to um uh the crew over at, uh revealer and i'm the you know cinematographer robert also worked yes. on their film so like you know the crossover and seeing just how beautiful films are turning into um lately is amazing because it's so used to everything being so dull and, and bland but all these new horror movies that are coming out within the last, like, year or so are beautiful. And your film is definitely one of them. And, I mean, just the, the art on the cover on this, it literally just tells you what this whole movie looks like. Um, so I do want to give you props on, on that end for making a very, very beautiful and um, entertaining film <laughs> that has came out in the last year Thank or so.
1: Thank you. And, yeah, the – who. That's cool. You got who did you get to speak to on the Revealer team? We're like um, very, very much the same film family. That we're yeah, um, I talked
0: to Luke, Michael, and Tim, so all the creative crew awesome. over there. So um, yeah. Uh, that yeah, episode I, actually is dropping. Uh, actually, all did drop today. So uh, as we're talking, it's out right now. It's really, that's really
1: great. I'm sure you talked about, but second drop. But yeah, they're about to hit Shutter here soon yeah. with Revealer, and yeah, it's the same main producers, which same the, the director of photography and production designer, they're also the big main producers of the film who helped, who made the stylist with me as well. That's and awesome. We just made another film called black mold that um, they shot and designed. And they were just not-
0: telling me about that. Like there's a new movie yeah. coming out that you need to watch. So knowing that you yeah. are involved with that, that is, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's I'm helping to checking that out as a producer, kind of in a smaller sense compared to like Robert and Sarah, the DP and production designer I mentioned, but um, the director and writer is John Pada of black mold and John edited the stylist. So we're like, I'm telling you like the tightest film, band. like we're awesome. all work on each other's stuff. And what's funny is I did. I also did hair on black mold, which I've been a hairstylist for over 15 years as in a salon, but I've never done hair on a movie. And so that was a new experience. <laughs> it was, it was cool to be in that, like to see, to have that perspective of it. I'm like, Okay. I'm learning a lot of what not what to do when I'm on that side of it next time. <laughs> Which is, you know, the perspective is always good.
0: Well, that's awesome that you're kinda of getting your feet wet in every kind of, you know, area with production on on movies. So you're gonna be a master of everything really <laughs> soon. And um I'm really, really um you know, happy to see that. And that kind of leads to another question I have is like, are we gonna see um a Jill Empire? Are you gonna be like going out there working on like all these movies? And do you have anything um you are thinking in the background of anything um chilling that you want to tell and, and put to film or anything?
1: Um, yes, I do plan on building a Jill empire. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I want to see it.
1: <laughs> I'm. All, I think I've already been working on it for a long time. Um, but I, yeah, I've always understand understood the like to take advantage. Of, understanding the networking and the promoting side of the game even when it could just come to being a hairstylist I would be like I'd be at like punk rock shows passing out hairstyling flyers just because I wanted (laughs) clients with like cool hair that's awesome and so I like always understood how to like I'm like you have to go out there and get the things you want or find the people you want to do or whatever it is their hair or to work with or whatever it is um yeah I it feels like for you know, with short films, Stylus was my first film as a director, like a feature film. And with short films, I was making them so much faster and so many, like one a year, and having not directed since the stylus, which now has been over two years, is like, I didn't want to be on set as a director. So I'm yeah, I've thought about making a short film soon because you know, best ca- features take so long to develop that even once you have even once you have money supposedly it's still a long time a short you can like I just need to exercise being a director again I feel like um I don't feel like shorts are just something as a stepping stone I feel like you can make them your whole career no matter how successful you are and it's a place where you can experiment more because there's less at stake there's not like a half a million dollars at stake that you need to make sure you raise back plus and um so I really love would love to do that again and but I'm actually right now really focusing on a script like developing and researching for a script that I'm in like crazy early phases of writing. That's um, not to disappoint anyone, but it's it's not horror, but it's it's not like cookie cutter mainstream either. It's um it's like a slice of life, like a Sean Baker type film. If you've seen like the Florida Project or um. I can't think of anything right now. or even like uh, Lynn Ramsey's films. Like uh, you were never really here. Or we need to talk about Kevin. Um, so it's like a, but it says something I've been like thinking about for a couple of years, outlining in all different places. I'm the kind of person that like marinates on something forever until I'm so frustrated with myself. That I'm like, are you ever going to actually write it or just <laughs> like pretend you're going to write it for five years? Um so I normally get like this first script out and then I find someone who I, who I'm, I'm really confident in myself as a director and producer, but not as much as a writer. I think that's probably common with writing. It's scary because you have to do it mostly just by yourself in a room. It's not as fun. And so I often like, once I get what I know, what I need out of my head, I often bring someone in to be like, I need help with this. Like, does this make any sense? Yeah and I need your, I need someone's help to make it look even better than I can make it look, um but yeah, I'm really excited about I don't know it's expanding like i I am a horror fanatic, but I don't want to only make horror and I feel like with with the stylus it's kind of kind of trying to show that that was a fuse of like a lot of things that I love, like psychological thriller with a draw emotional drama and a horror movie like all at once, so like I love all of those things, so you know, and, I'm, and i'm a huge fan of just like character pieces that's also what this the stylist is for me it's like just it's cl- just like being with claire versus like telling a story I'm, i realize that i'm a character person more than i am a story person and so i'm excited i, sh- I can give little hints like my next film that i right. my next feature that or the feature i'm trying to write i want is like focused on a stripper and you know just a character piece just sh- Really showing that world and that it's not, not in a, like a glamorous or crazy way, but just that this is like a regular job people do. I really want to ex- be. I'm really passionate about that world and an activist for kind of just sex work in general, and so I'm really excited about making a film about a character like that.
0: Yeah, we're really supportive of that whole world too, and um, I I I want to watch that. <laughs> and, you know, kind of Revealer <laughs> is kind of like kind of on the same yes. vein as that too. So, and I that film is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet, but yes, they, I'm
1: so excited that yeah. it had that connection too. And um, one of the lead actresses, Kato, she has like real experience as a burlesque and a stripper. And I just, I love that bringing that into that world. And that, that film, you know, c- kind of makes a point of that too that it's, you know, it's a job like that should be respected like any other job. And, exactly. Yeah.
0: And um, I kind of want to go back to you talking about short films. Like uh, I always think, and if Aaron was here, he would be agreeing with me too. Is that short films? I think are more important than a full length because you have a you're doing a, a short movie. Like they can range from like five minutes to like a half hour, if you really wanted to, or even shorter than that. And to be able to tell a story within that short amount of time, and especially um, I've seen shorts with there's like twenty plus characters in it, and they all have to get to them. And it's like a ten-minute film, and they run through it all, and and it connects so well. So I always think that if anybody wants to do any kind of things in film, is try to do a short first, and to, and see how it plays out. If you think that you can do that in um you know in a healthy way by not trying to like like burn yourself down to do it, I think um, yeah. <laughs> that that's really really important. And um I love short films. Um, there's a, a festival that um, I attend to every year. It's um, Salem Horror Fest because um, we're really local to over there, and they always do um, about a three or four hour block, I think, of just short films, and and it's it's great because yeah. they they like to showcase short films. So if you do do short films, make sure you reach out to Salem Horror Fest. Kay Lynch is great.
1: Yes, I'm a huge fan of the Salem Horror Fest and Kay. Um, I feel like it. How long has that festival been going on? I'm like, why haven't Ooh. I played it previously? Um, Maybe because it wasn't around. It with got my older short films.
0: I think um like the the first official year that it was like um Salem Horror Fest I think was about 2017. Yeah. Um, but when we were talking to her because we had her on the show in December and she's a she's a really good friend of the show and support everything that she does because she's amazing. Um, they were doing like short film festivals, um, I think, since 2012. So it's been nice it's been going for a long time. So for anybody who is just hearing of this festival for the first time, when they come back in April of next year, because it's going to be huge, it's going to be the biggest it's ever been. Make sure you attend that because it's a great festival. And
1: yeah, I I love short films too. I think that they're like you said. There's all. It's also I think something. Like I said, I don't think it's only a stepping stone to features, but it's definitely like an education in filmmaking. Yeah, because I was saying like you don't have as much at stake, like financially and time-wise. Like you can typically shoot a short film in, you know, one to four days, and Mm -hmm. um, that's so much. That's a much easier thing to accomplish as far as like asking a lot of favors and, (laughs) um, and then you can, yeah, you can. Do so many more exciting things, I think, especially with horror. It's like the perfect <laughs> kind of like um, format for horror. It's like a, it's like a joke. It's like the setup and the punchline. It's like the setup and the scare or, or the reveal or whatever it might be. Um, of course, not everyone should do that exact thing because a lot. You see, a lot of people try to do the lights out scare, which yeah, is only you can only, do it, only so many people can pull it off. But it is it is a lot of fun, and it is also challenging, honestly, to to do something like with, with much depth, with character, like when we did the stylish short film, that was hard. You can only develop her so much in 14 minutes. And I was really like, I don't want this movie to be 15, longer than 15 minutes. I'm, I'm very like film festival oriented with my short oh, okay. film. So I, I know like that festivals, like once you hit 15, they're already like, why is this thing so freaking long? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, the, the sweet spot's like seven minutes for a short film. And we we made it as tight as we could because we're like we this is about getting to know this person we really can't just like fast forward to the end that fast and so it's kind of it's depending on the type of story you're telling it is harder to build a character in that amount of time it's kind of more of just like a tease of like character and more about like an an action it's like you get to almost just have like one sequence happen and but then I made a short film that had this freaking like I'm used to it being just maybe like two like scenes that are like sequentially very close together in short films, yeah. which is a few actors. But I made one called One Last Meal that was directed or uh, written by my friend Eric Stoles. He helped write stylists. Um, we shot it in a prison, which is fucking so is cool, awesome. It's on Alter. You should on like Alter's YouTube. And oh, I'll have to, and to
0: check that out. Yeah,
1: it's a uh, it's just like it it's just like one day it, of time passes in this film, but these characters keep going back and forth to these different rooms. And it's just like a lot happening within, I wanted it to be way less, like 10, less than 10 minutes. So I'm like, wow. When it came down to like shooting it, I'm like, God, and editing. I'm like, so much happens in this thing in such a little time. It was it was a challenging in that way. I was like, I've never had this much happen in a short film in this much time. Um, But yeah, they- there's a lot of fun now you're just i'm just you're convincing me more i need to make another short film like this summer
0: do it seriously i just
1: gotta figure out what what i want that to be about exactly i have a pretty good idea
0: i'll be there watching it whatever it is (laughs) i think you do have a brilliant mind and um with what you want to do and also with how everything is written in the stylus too i think it's it's perfect the pacing of it is is great like I said, the, the visuals are very stunning. Every shot is like a poster. I could I could like take a picture of it and just put it somewhere. Um, I think it's great, and all the acting in it is is amazing. The way that all the characters kind of go through um, their lives and all the steps that they're doing, and just how crazy it gets as it goes on, and how you more like. Are we really going there? Yeah, we're <laughs> going there, especially the ending. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it. But like I said, if you haven't seen the stylist living under a rock, because <laughs> it's great, and um, the soundtrack too it is amazing. I'm actually waiting for my vinyl to come in right now. I, I love, awesome, I love it. it. It's great. It's and all the vinyl is beautiful too. And I, I know that you were saying it too that they it, it did such a great job. And um, I'm a huge fan of collecting. Um, music score of vinyls like I have so many of them so when new ones drop especially the one for the stylist when I found out that there was actually a vinyl form I, I gotta buy it <laughs> I, I love Dude, music. I can't
1: tell you how I can't believe that 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 we have a vinyl of the score <laughs> um our composer Nick Elert he's freaking incredible I've been working with him on almost all my short films and like he I don't know if he worked on Revealer. He'll be scoring Black Mold for sure. Um, but it's been like for him especially when we found out. Like we're on a call with like Arrow, me and my producers Robert and Sarah, and they're like, "Would you guys be interested in a in a vinyl of the score?" Yes. <laughs> and I'm just like, "What? Why? Don't even ask that question." Um, of course we're interested. Are we crazy? Um, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my." We're just so excited to be able to tell Nick, like, they're going to put it out on a freaking record. We actually had to shorten it a little bit because there's so much music in the movie. It's kind yeah. of insane. I remember the runtime of he telling me, like, solid of the, of music. And, like, that doesn't fit on a record. We would have to have, like, another one, a double LB. Damn, I don't think we could afford to do that. Oh, I mean, they're man. already, like, that's a big thing to produce. And we're like, yeah, we can slim it down a little bit. Um, but it's cool to see um, the artist who did, you know, the cover of the Blu-ray, her name's Sarah Deck. It's the same cover on the big front. And then she did a whole new piece for the back of the record, which has Claire on it, holding her coffee cup, looking all creepy. <laughs> and, um, and then it's cool to see like the names of the songs. Cause most people don't know that unless they're like, they, we just la- label them for the, you know, when we're putting them into the fit like yeah. film, but it's like, Claire's chair and like her like with <laughs> yeah. one thing's cool is we did cool thing from like going from the short to the feature it's like all the same people same cinematographer editor everything but Nick brought a song like the theme song from the short into the feature and just kind of like redid it like updated it yeah. but it was it's just cool to have something that's like that connected for so long and then it's just a dream all the people like all the things you said complimented the complimented the film. Thank you so much, and that's thanks to all so many people that worked on this with me. Um, you know, like we spent so much time on developing the look, which we always knew. I mean, in general, I'm always focusing a lot on look, but this film we wanted to have like a very elegant look and be incredibly planned out. So, I mean, we were like in in locations five months before blocking scenes planning how we would shoot them exactly and like creating a language for the film and like rules like I literally made a booklet of like rules for the camera like oh wow you zoom like we zoom only for this reason we are always the camera's always like on Claire's side like met like mentally not literally but like it's always representing how she feels like yeah so you definitely feel we that would, throughout
0: this film too.
1: We would do things like that would kind of be a strange decision, like not even show Bria and her husband's character, Davis, the actor, talking because we'd be zooming in on Claire, like losing her mind. When normally you'd want to show like what's going on in the rest of the scene, but we're like, this makes sense here because this is just all about Claire's what the hell's going on in here. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there's a lot of tension in this film too, especially when you get um towards the end when uh you know, Claire's doing all those things, and she's sneaking into people's houses, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. And then she's, like, hiding out in the bathroom, and so it's like, oh my god. I'm like, what is going to happen? <laughs> and then this magically is like, okay, I can sneak out, and it's okay. So there's a lot of really good tension building in this film, and that's something I always enjoy with horror movies, if they can build tension in a way that I'm even, like, I can't watch this right now because it's just so much. (laughs) And it does happen in this film a lot.
1: I'm laughing because I am an anxious (laughs) person who like clearly put all of my anxiety into this movie.
0: (laughs) Well, it definitely worked because I'm even just like, I'm anxious too, but this made me like, wow, this, this is really powerful right now. And seeing that on film and and movies uh, is always unsettling, but in a very good way. Um,
1: That's something we tried to figure out in the writing process. Like, we wanted to have more moments of like that that were tense like that, but weren't just kills. So we were like, "What other like with the the bathroom hiding scene? We we're like, this will be like a fake out. Like you think she's gonna go kill them? Yeah. We we're trying. We wanted to have all these other things moments. Cause I didn't want to be a full blown slasher where she kills like twenty people and it's like, okay, <laughs> this get that is body like count. <laughs> completely, uh, it already is. I under uh, I acknowledge an over the top unbelievable thing that she's doing so i'm like we can't go even further we can't have her kill like 40 people and they're like this is so freaking unbelievable we can't even like watch the movie (laughs) yeah so we wanted to create these other moments of like we need more scares but that aren't like your traditional thing you know
0: yeah um one thing this is kind of crazy and i was just thinking about this right now because a lot of these movies that are coming out um are getting like comic book tie-ins right especially like with with revealer and some other ones that are coming out i think um, I could be wrong, but I think Scare Package might be doing something like that too. But I could be completely wrong. But would it be crazy if you were to get a comic made for this of things that happened before uh, what took place in this, like leading up to Claire, like you know, really like losing her mind and like showing her go after all these other people? That would be very interesting to see like a comic book tie in <laughs> on this.
1: That would be cool. I would be totally open to seeing that for sure. Um, I, it's interesting. revealer i know that they're gonna now i think do a new one with the girls but it's based on a comic to start with i believe if i'm i don't remember uh, for sure the comic um, actually
0: that it started making a month ago
1: <laughs> um but i remember when they developed it they were developing it based on some comic maybe it was just the script but those guys also yeah. write comics yeah. um but it yeah, was a, a really wild thing. My first short film, Call Girl, which is just like a five minute thing that's meant to look like a webcam. Um, but we had Lawrence Harvey from The Human Centipede in it, Human Centipede 2, and Tristan Risk from American Mary and like the editor. Um, but she, but so this was, that was my first thing I ever made. And it 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 went kind of way further than I could have ever dreamed. And it ended up I ended up connecting with these uh, two Japanese artists and they, they made some posters for us, but then they, they made a full adaptation of my short film. That's I joke, but I'm serious. It's way cooler than the film. <laughs> I have to find out if the link is still active on my six, to eight page. There's a link to download it for free in English and Japanese, but um, like, it's like a full 40 page thing. That's way more in depth than my movie and way more violent and sexy. And I'm like, I've said like, should I remake my movie and make that version? Of <laughs> Do it because that's fucking cool. Um, but yeah, something to see some anything that like is created after something you created is just like something you can't even imagine. It's like a beyond a dream come true.
0: Yeah, I, I mentioned like, like all the as fame. an artist.
1: That's a like, if you're if it creates something that creates something else, that's just kind of like, what? <laughs> it's too cool
0: yeah i know there's been a lot of fan art coming out for um the stylist that's amazing all like all these like quote-unquote alternative covers that you could be doing especially the one that's right here how you said you had another artist that made it for you it's always um very humbling too, seeing all that stuff um coming to fruition and knowing that what you made is um impacting a lot of people out there like it's it's definitely one of my favorite films um that i have seen um of late unfortunately i didn't see this when it came out um I wish I did. I wish I knew about this last year. Shutter is another great thing. It's like you, you know, discover all these films that you missed because uh, they put them on there. And you're like, wow, this is great. I'm kind of sad I missed it at the release. Um, so that's, that's really cool to see that um, more people getting their eyes on this film and um, you're getting all the recognition that you definitely deserve. Um, one thing that I want to ask, and I always like asking this about uh, movies that people have made, Um, what's your favorite scene
1: oh man it's hard to say (laughs) um but the first thing that comes to mind is the in her lair her basement which we call claire's lair within the crew (laughs) um (laughs) it just is too perfect um i like the see the the set a lot in general because it really was like my dream vision for like the super gothic room with all these candles and but like a warm gothic like it feels like safe beautiful um i really like the scene which is in the near closer to the end of the movie when she goes okay this is spoilerly spoiler alert um (laughs) it's your movie so if that's
0: what you want to do that's completely fine
1: (laughs) um the basement has is very i feel like symbolic for like everything the basement goes through is kind of what she's going through in her head. She's trying to like lock up this compulsion and literally locks it up. And then when she breaks back into it, that's one of my favorite scenes. You know, she's so desperate for like an escape to feel like something else just for a second to like ground herself again. And it doesn't work. And um, just every the way everyone that worked on that scene and what they brought out of it it's just like so much so per, it's just like a dream come true. And um Najara, like we were talking about, she's an such an incredible actor. She's like first take everything she does. You're just like, what? How is someone this talented? Um, and I was start I would feel bad making this movie because it's a very emotional role for her, and she's like upset half the movie, more than half of the movie. But in that scene is very, very emotional scene, and and then the when we worked with our sound design people at in chicago they're a company called noise floor is like the most perfect like a very big sound design company i've never worked with anything like that before in my life it was very exciting but they had this idea to um this the first of all the atmosphere they created in the scene it has this like this like extreme emptiness feeling just from the sound it's like hollow it's like this sounds very different than any other moment of the movie and like like almost like there's an echo like she's so alone in this scene and then there's then they had the idea to to put these clips of, of voices like that she's hearing that's like driving her to lose her mind further and further and the idea to bring even clips of this the, the person she kills in the short film we, we use audio from that and put that's it awesome. into that scene and she even puts on one of the scalps she puts on is the scalp from the short film. I've kept all these years, like a real psychopath in my house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I still have all the scalps, by the way, it's very scary. Um, but I just loved that they like all these little things, which aren't that little thing, all the sound work and the performance and the, the visuals just came together to like, to bring that, what the emotion, that was important like, everything is to serve that it's not just like how can we make it look cool and it's just like I feel like it it just it is exactly how I could have a dream version of how that scene could have actually ended up and I've never had the idea to have the voices which is a very similar thing with psychological thrillers people losing their mind I didn't want to do that as a cliche but I was like but this makes sense especially she puts on the scalp and she hears that person's voice and i was like oh i love that idea and i guess so. that's probably my favorite scene um yeah, it's
0: a very brilliant but I, scene. I can
1: geek out about a lot of scenes um, i have to bring out one i've talk about one tiny other thing sure. the tiniest scene in the f- freaking movie when she goes to the hardware store to buy stuff to lock up the basement yes um it's just like an awkward moment with the with the attendant who's the actor's name's jimmy dara he's so good it's such a tiny thing, but I knew he would un- he would nail the awkwardness of the scene I wanted. <laughs> um, I'd love to have work with him in a big role someday. But um, I just love the the moments when like Claire interacts with a, a, a per- just a normal person that doesn't really realize who they're dealing with. Yeah. And there's just kind of just the way he reacts to her not taking his joke or laughing at all and just like, OK, um, I, I get <laughs> a kick when like the, a crowd laughs at it. I'm like, yes, I really fought to keep that moment in there because it's, it was a big move just to shoot a tiny little thing. Um, but I really enjoyed that stuff. And when it works, I feel very proud (laughs) when people giggle at it.
0: Yeah. I like that scene too. There's a lot of scenes in here. Like I'm trying to think right now, like what, what would be my favorite? What's your favorite scene? (laughs) Oh man. I think it's kind of when everything really starts going south is when she's, um, at the, at the party and, um. She she goes into the bathroom and then the the girls walk in and they start talking trash about her and she starts realizing mm-hmm. that um maybe this friendship isn't real because you know she's trying to find something you know to, mm-hmm. to be worth living for and she's trying to make these connections and then she just kind of loses it even more from that point on so I think that's yeah probably my favorite scene just because it's really sad um. Even though I don't know if you really should be sympathizing with Claire, but um, you are throughout this whole thing, you know, because um, it's like, do I want to associate myself with somebody who's going around scalping people? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's a that's that's a really really powerful scene too, and there's a lot of really powerful scenes in the film, and they they all work amazingly, and just the sound design, Thank like you. you're saying, definitely helps with everything. Music is great, all all the shots, the lighting is perfect i can't think of like one bad scene or (laughs) one bad like take or anything off this film um i think it really is like the masterpiece of uh, the current years oh my
1: gosh you're being too nice (laughs) thank (laughs) you so much that scene in the bathroom you pinpointed it like that is like the midpoint of the movie where she thinks things are gonna going good and then she's like no
0: Nope. nope. drops right off (laughs)
1: Although, you know, it, she's, she, she reacts a, li- a little over, you know, it's yeah. not as bad as she thinks it is, um, which is kind of the lesson in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> as silly as that sounds.
0: And that kind of um, leads on we, to- We are our
1: own worst enemies.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like what I just wanted to ask you too, is like, what would be your ultimate takeaway from this film? Like if you had to, um, someone was watching it and they were asking you like, so- since you wrote this, like, what was the whole meaning of this? Like, what did you want people to uh, take away from it? Um, And I'm kind of curious, like, yeah. in your own words, like, what what you would say about that?
1: It that's a there's so many things <laughs> I could say. I feel like because we intentionally like me, we like me and the writers left her background more vague and not actually showed it because we wanted people to be like her to be open enough for interpretation. And I like films like cause conversations and like yeah thinking we're not just like lay it all out for you there's nothing left to like consider or wonder or um i think i'm stealing this from someone else but like the, you <laughs> know art is to make us like think it's like it's to provoke questions not to like answer questions exactly and um so i just hope people go out like still thinking about her but i a not know like i guess like a deep level what it kind of means to to me, like what she goes through is a very like over the top dramatic version of like us avoiding what's inside, which is where like the real issue is and trying to mask it with all these other things. And, um, you know, just avoiding ourselves and the real problems that are within us, which I know a lot of us are doing, you know, we all do that, but, um, yeah a very extreme version of of what that is like and that, that, that's why she is like kind of the i'm not trying to spoil but like she it's a a down a about a downward spiral for a yeah. character and like really of how we are all, we can we can save ourselves from that stuff if we try hard enough or you know, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say that. But you know that that we <laughs> that it's. I don't want to say that we're that it's that easy either. Yeah. You know, mental illness is a very real thing, and it's not just as simple as saying I want to be healthy. Um, but that it. She's definitely not trying to 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 get better in any way, and so that's kind of a character-wise what it means to me. But it's. I just want people to think about not just her, but like how we judge all kinds of people and. We shouldn't, there's not, like it doesn't justify killing or scalping, but should we call people <laughs> monsters because they do something wrong or do they not have, does like the reasons for how they became this way not mean anything? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just really interested in those kind of questions and Yeah.
0: all right yeah i i I just hope
1: she stays with people for like that's why we had her i was like we're gonna end on her looking at us and not really show what could happen next Could we assume things aren't going well after this
0: yeah that Um, ending (laughs) it's nuts i'm not gonna say what happens but yeah that ending is it's it's great and it's scary and sad and it just so over the top but in the best of ways So, last question that I kind of have because I know you you have some appointments and stuff you have to do today, is I'm very curious as to what your favorite horror movie is. Like, if you could pick one that you like, I could watch every day. What would it be?
1: Oh, (laughs) that kind of changes the answer. (laughs) It's funny because favorite horror movie, um, I always say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. And but I also talk, I've talked about it so much. I feel like I do I'm like an expert at this point here's my chainsaw um but we I it's I always also say like as it's my favorite horror movie it's definitely not a movie I would describe as a fun horror movie
0: yeah me either (laughs) and I
1: also I like how you call my movie fun because I'm like because it is also so sad I don't know if a lot of people would call it fun but I like that you will call it fun but um chainsaw is funny I've watched a bazillion times in my life and every time I'm like this movie is painful. That's why it's so good. I mean, it is like hard to watch, especially the last half of it. And, um, so it's not one I say I would honestly want to watch every single day, <laughs> every single day, I would go to more to something like, um, scream or okay. something from that. My teen era is like idle hands is one of my favorites That's as a, a as a, I'm not a big horror comedy I, I like, I will have fun with them, but it's not like those aren't the movies I rush out to see really anymore. Maybe I'm old and lame now, <laughs> but like Idle Hands I could watch every freaking day because that movie is so fun. And we should talk about it more. We all talk about like a lot of the 90s slashers. That one needs more, more shine. Yeah, it's like this say, ultimate that many like
0: people talk stone, about that one.
1: satanic stoner horror movie. It's freaking hilarious. And like Devin Sawa, love mm-hmm. him. Everyone in the movie is great. Like Seth Green jessica yeah. alba all these people back in the old days um it's freaking hilarious too <laughs> yeah that, that <laughs> A fox isn't it like chasing around this demon <laughs> She's like drawing a pentagram on the map i get i fucking love it it's a really yes, good one <laughs> i really love a lot of dark core. like some of my favorite movies are really more serious and heavy and definitely the older i'm getting i get definitely I'm, i know that i'm more sensitive to stuff and i'm like I really got to work myself, like prepare myself for stuff. That's going to like really fuck me up. You know, like when I was younger, I would go through those lists of like the most disturbing films ever yeah. made. Like I'm going to watch all these, like you're conquering them, but I had to be prepared and kind of know what's in them. And, but the heavier stuff now I'm going to see Cronenberg's new film. I'm like, uh, tonight I'm like, I better get prepared. Wow, gonna be yeah. I'm going to be memory. seeing, that.
0: <laughs> I-, I can't wait to see that one. I love David Cronenberg. I think everybody really does, and knowing that he's still out there doing that is is great. Um, it, it looks messed up, and that's what I love about it. his films—they're all messed up, <laughs> and people yes, are saying this one. And they've a lot
1: of pervertedness to it. I mean, we're missing like we're missing sex in movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's become too afraid. Like it's, you can do it and be respectful, like of your actors and all these things. Exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be something that just because back in the day, people were fucked up that we can't do like make certain kinds of art anymore um in fact i saw someone tweet the other day like i can't wait to watch that move cronenberg's new film in a theater full of perverts
0: it's like (laughs) that's a good one
1: that's hilarious and i understand exactly what you're saying (laughs) yeah
0: i think tatan definitely kind of helped bring back the sexuality too and in films and that's also like Mm -hmm. A groundbreaking film um of current Dude, ages and a it's lot of my films, favorite
1: movie of like i think it's great he's gone it's great. up to the my favorite movies of all time right away
0: it's so good and so like, fucking good <laughs> i saw raw too raw is really good but this one is just like <laughs> it really it, it makes you think and i'm um, just how just crazy everything gets and um movies are starting to do that a lot now um there was there was a big lull period where everything was really really safe and I think mm. even your film kind of um, treads on that, that water of trying to push boundaries a little bit, of focusing so much more on the um, the mental health of this person in the film and seeing how she kind of this goes all the way down and she tries to stay afloat af- uh, and it just it doesn't happen. And then like the ending, this really makes you be like, what? <laughs> so um, <laughs> I definitely think that this is definitely some uh, pushing some boundaries, and almost every film that I've been seeing. Um, in the past like year and a half have been trying to do something with pushing boundaries and we need to keep doing it. We, we can't stop because um, things are only going to go up from here. So um, good job on you and your team for uh, really making a solid Thank film. Thank you
1: so much. Thank yeah, and you so it was much.
0: definitely an honor talking to you. I know that we've been trying to set this up for a while and um, you know everybody's schedules are, are really weird. But I do have one thing I have to say is Ken Sledge from Sledgehammer Horror wanted me to tell you. He said hi. Because uh, I just yes. talked to him. Uh, I was on his show last night. And he's uh, actually part of the uh, podcast group that we're um, we we're in together, and That's he's such great. a great guy.
1: It's so, I love that the horror community is like it's huge, but it also just feels so small. Yeah. In a good way, like it's mm-hmm. so tight. Everyone knows. Someone who knows five other people, and we're all connected.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, that's Hello. Why I like
1: back to Ken. <laughs> yes,
0: I I love the horror community because everybody is so supportive of everybody. And if there is a bad weed in there, we get rid of them pretty quick. I think you know, yeah. and um, that's that's what's really good. We're all sticking to our ground and you know, making sure everything is safe for everybody. You know, these movies um are pretty violent, but um, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's horror for you. But um, Jill, thank you so much for for being here and taking your time away and uh talking to me and um it's always a pleasure thank
1: you for having me i appreciate it very much
0: and if you ever want to come on and talk about a horror movie hey i would love to talk texas chainsaw with you we're going to be doing that later this year so
1: if you ever want to come on
0: and just uh just do it then um i can send you a link or send you a big list of what we got going on this year and if you have time like hey i want to talk some more like you're, you're more than welcome you're part of the family now
1: Wow. Awesome. And I'm always definitely on board for all chainsaw conversations.
0: Yeah, all right. We'll set it up for sure. Um and I'll I'll get you back get back to you on a date of that. But um yeah, seriously, thank you for for taking the time away and making this awesome film. I'm going to go watch it again. Thank you. I'm going to pop the <laughs> the DVD in and uh look at all the uh, features on it cuz I haven't yes. had a chance to do that yet. So I'm going to be doing that today. So, uh, thank you, Jill.
1: And I have to brag to everyone. If you do we can watch you can watch it on Shudder, but on Arrow's streaming a lot of our special features are on there too. So you can watch a lot of like the making of, but you've got to get the Blu-ray to see like the, to have the commentary and yeah, I'm even excited a soundtrack for that. on there, all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited for the commentary. I love listening to commentaries. <laughs> uh, so this <laughs> was so such much. a pleasure. Um, this was the Baron's Hideout podcast. I was your host Dustin. And uh, this was such a fun episode. So Jill, thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thank you. Thank
1: you. <laughs>